Unlock your Bible. Discover the true meaning of life. Learn the cause of world problems and the astounding solution. Prove for yourself what the future holds. In the Trumpet Literature Library, you will find answers to life's most important questions. Explore these vital titles on Trumpet Bookshelf. Welcome to Trumpet Bookshelf. I'm Grant Turgeon. Revelation 3 verse 12 says, Him that overcomes will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. This is God's reward for his faithful Philadelphians in this end time. In chapter 4 of Philadelphia Church of God, Pastor General Gerald Flurry's free booklet, Zechariah, the Sign of Christ's Imminent Return, he writes, New Jerusalem is the crux of Revelation 3 verse 12. God's Philadelphians are infused with a strong vision of New Jerusalem. Our Father wants his vision of New Jerusalem to consume the minds of his people. You can get yourself a free copy of Zechariah, the sign of Christ's imminent return at thetrumpet.com. We need to understand Revelation 3 verse 12, the importance of it, how it does talk about New Jerusalem and our reward to be at headquarters as a pillar in New Jerusalem forever. It is the greatest reward that God could ever offer to us. Now, we have to think about the big picture of New Jerusalem as well. Obviously, there is a city on earth today called Jerusalem. It is the most violent, bloody city in the entire world. But it is also the location where the Jerusalem of the world tomorrow will exist. Jerusalem will be the headquarters of the world tomorrow, the 1,000-year rule of Jesus Christ over earth. At that time, Jerusalem will truly be the city of peace. But during the millennium, that city is not yet New Jerusalem. Notice here, page 32 of the Zechariah booklet, Mr. Fleury writes, After Jesus Christ returns and has removed the sins from this world, the Father will come to rule his family from New Jerusalem. Notice Revelation 21, starting in verse 3. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Then verses 10 and 11, And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain, and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. So New Jerusalem will come down from heaven with God the Father after the millennium, after the 1,000-year rule of Jesus Christ over earth in the world tomorrow. 
God the Father himself will come down with New Jerusalem. Revelation 21 verses 22 and 23. And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. What a glorious vision of new Jerusalem, the perfect, holy city, shining radiantly at all times, because God the Father and Jesus Christ are there. On page 33 of the Zechariah booklet, Mr. Fleury writes, We need this vision to endure the hardships ahead. How often do we really think about New Jerusalem? We see the city as it is today, Jerusalem, violent, war-torn, under attack by many foes, and hated by much of the world. It's hard to envision a different kind of Jerusalem in the world tomorrow, much less new Jerusalem after the world tomorrow. But really, the Bible greats were masters of focusing on new Jerusalem. That's how they were able to keep moving forward no matter what. This is Hebrews 11, verses 8 and 9. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing where he went. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Why did Abraham obey when God told him to move? And really, he didn't understand why he had to move. Why did Abraham obey God? What was the vision that motivated Abraham to obey? Notice Hebrews 11 verse 10. For he looked for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. It can be easy to read this verse and accept it and think, oh, that's, that's quite nice. But do we realize how monumental this vision was for Abraham? Do we realize how impressive it was that Abraham thought this way? Abraham lived thousands of years ago, and New Jerusalem coming to earth is still over a thousand years in the future. And yet Abraham could see multiple thousands of years into the future and he could see New Jerusalem. He looked forward to New Jerusalem where God the Father would dwell right here on earth with us. What spiritual depth Abraham possessed to be able to think that way. As we go through our daily lives and we have our daily struggles, what is the vision that keeps us moving forward? It ought to be New Jerusalem. Think about the problems that you deal with every day. 
whether it's with health or finances, family or work, just personal issues, struggling with certain sins like we all do. None of that will exist in the future. Our lives will be completely free from all those problems by the time New Jerusalem is here on earth. And that ought to keep us pushing forward. God does promise to make his loyal Philadelphians pillars of New Jerusalem for all eternity. That's the greatest reward. Jesus Christ overcame the devil. He expects us to do the same, as it says in Revelation 3, verse 21. But we do need vision. Obedience is hard. Following God, no matter what, is hard. We need vision. Page 34 of the Zechariah booklet says, God will go to extreme lengths to help us understand and focus on New Jerusalem. We are in the last hour, and I believe one of the most profound and spectacular ways God is getting us to focus on New Jerusalem is by building and properly using his house. That's Armstrong Auditorium, right here in Edmond, Oklahoma. Mr. Flurry says Armstrong Auditorium points us to New Jerusalem. The same God who will govern from New Jerusalem rules over Armstrong Auditorium today. His message flows like rivers of living water from his house today, right here in Oklahoma. Now, speaking of rivers of living water, we will play you a short music treat here. This song is called Rivers of Living Water. It was written by Ross Jutsum and arranged by Mark Jenkins. It is sung by Mark Jenkins and accompanied on the piano by Mr. Ryan Malone. This is Rivers of Living Water. From fear, gentle 
and crystal clear one day from new jerusalem shall go flowing at last the whole world will know that god gives Take of the waters of life I give. Just like a spring where the waters don't fail, he will flourish as long as he lives. When the fountain of all living water returns, he will let the oppressed go free. And the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of God. Living water shall flow. God's gift, the whole creation will show. Peaceful and free from fear, gentle and crystal clear. One day from New Jerusalem shall go flowing. At last, the whole world will know that God gives to those who freely receive rivers if you was Rivers of Living Water. You can go to pcg.church, click on the resources tab if you're signed in, and you can access the special music archive, which includes this song and many others. Rivers of Living Water, flowing from God's house in Oklahoma today, flowing from Jerusalem in the world tomorrow, flowing from New Jerusalem after the world tomorrow. God's truth, God's life-changing, life-saving truth flowing out into the minds of all mankind. Finally, the brilliant light of God's truth 
will open the eyes of mankind and they will be able to see. By the time New Jerusalem gets here, there will be no more humans on earth. All humans who inhabited earth will already be changed into God beings, members of the God family. That's the only way God the Father will come down and dwell among us. He will not be anywhere near sinful human beings, but he will live among God beings at that time with New Jerusalem. In this end time, God's church has fallen prey to the devil. 95% of God's people have turned away from this New Jerusalem vision. And the way to come back to God, repent, obey God again, is by recapturing this New Jerusalem vision. Zechariah 3 verses 1 and 2 talk about an end time leader in God's church who is rebellious. After Herbert W. Armstrong, the Worldwide Church of God founder, died in 1986, rebellious leadership captured the church, took control, destroyed the doctrines, and stole the vision of New Jerusalem from God's people, the vast majority of them. But here in Zechariah 3, verses 1 and 2, it says, Even the eternal that has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. The God who has chosen Jerusalem rebukes this rebellious church leader. You see, that is exactly how to avoid the same mistakes this leader made. We have to choose New Jerusalem, just like God. That's the vision we need. This is the key to staying loyal when most of God's church falls away. This is also the key to conquering discouragement. On page 36 of the Zechariah booklet, Mr. Flurry writes, the eternal has chosen Jerusalem is the deep understanding needed to conquer Satan and remain Philadelphian. Realize what a tremendous blessing it is that we can understand the vision of New Jerusalem. New Jerusalem should be our greatest goal. It is the vision of another world, another universe. God is telling us that if we want to avoid being deceived and if we want to live exciting, positive, hope-filled lives, then we must understand this vision of New Jerusalem. We must anchor our minds in this mind-inspiring hope. The fact that we think about New Jerusalem the way God does shows we are his sons. Quite an uplifting message there from Mr. Flurry. If we can just keep this New Jerusalem vision in mind, if we can see beyond the problems of today to the peace and the happiness of tomorrow, we will keep obeying God and doing what we need to do. We really should carve out time in our schedules every day to think about New Jerusalem.
This will inspire us to pour ourselves into our prayer and Bible study. This will inspire us to support God's work wholeheartedly in every way we can. This will inspire us to develop relationships with each other and to strengthen those bonds within God's church and God's family. The New Jerusalem vision will inspire us to take action, to conquer sin, to come out of the world so we can be protected from the suffering that is coming on the world. Mr. Fleury writes, Notice how God tries to rescue his sons. He implores them to get their minds on new Jerusalem. That's what we need. The new Jerusalem vision. Pages 36 and 37 of the Zechariah booklet. Again, I urge you to get a free copy of the Zechariah booklet at thetrumpet.com. But we'll just conclude with this quote from pages 36 and 37. Mr. Flurry writes, It's impossible to get discouraged when we are filled with the vision of New Jerusalem. How many times have you gotten discouraged when your mind was filled with this vision? Not once. This is not to say we won't experience rough patches in our lives, but we can avoid discouragement and sadness by setting our hearts and minds on New Jerusalem. Our trials will overwhelm us if we haven't chosen Jerusalem. We won't purify ourselves without this understanding. Be like God, choose New Jerusalem, think about New Jerusalem every day. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Trumpet Bookshelf. You've been listening to Trumpet Bookshelf. Please email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for new episodes every Friday at 10 a.m. Central Time.